Welcome to Vineyard 61's weekly podcast. We hope you'll be inspired, challenged, and encouraged by this week's speaker. For previous messages, go to our website, vineyard61.org, or subscribe via iTunes or SoundCloud. Good morning. Happy Sunday. Can I just take, can we take a few seconds and praise God? Let's thank him the fact that we can still be doing live streaming. Honestly, guys, we are in back in national lockdown, but this is a time that we need to praise God for all the little things that he is doing. So thank you, Jesus, that we are able to continue live streaming. Lord, just bless this service. Bless everyone in their households. Holy Spirit, come. Good morning, everyone. My name is Kristen. I am the compassion manager here at Vineyard 61. I'm really happy to be here. But I want to start off today by asking you all a question. So I want everyone to take a deep breath in. I actually need that more for myself than maybe you guys. But breathe in. And as you're breathing out, I want you to ask yourself this. How is your love for the people around you going? Right now, take stock of your life, what you are doing, where you're at in this second lockdown. How is your love for others going? It's a simple question, but yet it is incredibly complex, especially right now when we are in the midst of a second lockdown. Things feel a little out of control when life seems really unfair, when the walls feel like they are closing in. How are you? How am I loving others? A few years ago, I was living in York, not New York, but the original York, and um, I met a rough sleeper named Eddie, and some of you have heard the story about Eddie, and I'm not going to get into the whole thing, but I just want to tell you a brief conversation that we had had. Um, So one day, Eddie and I were sitting under a bridge where he used to beg, and we were sharing a cup of coffee, and I asked him, I said, Eddie, do you know Jesus? You know, I'm a Christian, and isn't that what we're supposed to do is spread the gospel? So I said, do you know Jesus? And he looked me in the eye, and he said, and I'm not kidding, he said, Kristen, I don't trust Christians. And I said, what do you mean? And he goes, Christians are so good at talking the talk, but they don't walk the walk. And he told me story after story about how he would be sleeping on cardboard boxes. And then Sunday morning, he would go um, to beg outside of the church. And he said it never really bothered him that people wouldn't give him money. He actually understood that. But what really broke his heart is that people would go into the church, they would lift their hands, they would praise, they would sing, but they would come back out, walk right past him, and actually never look him in the eye. And he said they just don't walk the walk. And that conversation with Eddie changed my whole, it pivoted my whole walk with Jesus because I wanted to walk the walk. So how do we start? Where do we begin to change our mindset to stop focusing so much inwardly and start focusing outward? And so I want to go kind of to the beginning and I want to read one of the easiest and I think most powerful words in scripture. It comes from Mark 12, 30, 31. 
It says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your mind and with all of your strength. The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. That's it. Love God, love others. And I read this somewhere and I really, I really grab onto it. It says these two commandments are like family, like family. They go together like water and ocean, like wind and air, like body and soul. Love God, love others. And I am passionate about this right now because in this world, in 2020, we so desperately need each other. We have got to be loving the people in front of us and here in our community. And when I say community, guys, I am not just talking about this little bubble of Vineyard 61. I am talking about the people you come in contact every single day, the rough sleepers, your colleagues, the staff at Aldi. I love what Eric, my amazing husband, <laughs> sorry, I have to give a shout out when I can. I love what Eric said in his in his prayer video this weekend, he said, we need the community and the community needs us. And that is so stinking true right now because we can't do this alone. On Tuesday morning, um, I was feeling a bit overwhelmed knowing that the US elections were kicking off and, and things felt very heavy. So I was actually walking to a meeting and I got a text from a friend and I actually wasn't gonna call her out, but I'm going to right now. Rebecca Carey, I love you. But Rebecca texted me and she said, hey, I'm thinking about you and Eric right now. Not easy being far from home with politics unfolding, X. That right there was my lifeline. And then, I'm not even kidding, that afternoon I ran into a former student from our Battersea English School. We were in Balham, but it, I, honestly, I still believe this was divine intervention. And when I went to go and pay the bill, they said to me that, that this old this student had bought me a slice of cake to take home with me. Those two simple acts of love and kindness were everything to me. Being a Christian is loving the person in front of you the way Jesus first loved the soul inside of you. And I think the Holy Spirit, plain and simple, is prompting us to love our neighbors, to simply love the people around us. And guys, it's okay to dream big, to love big, to go out, outreach big. I love going on the streets and loving big, but it's also okay to take it slow and to start by simply loving your neighbor, your spouse, your housemate. It's hard sometimes to just do what we know we are supposed to do. So Jesus said, love our neighbor. So, uh, this is me. <laughs> we buy shoes from a company that gives a pair away. We send money, donate old clothes, and maybe even go on a mission trip somewhere far away. Guys, that is so me. I cannot even tell you I love going on a mission trip. But what if... Mission is what we go on every time we walk out the door and right now just walk out of our bedroom. What if we don't have to travel far to get close to people who are distant from God? And right now we can't go far. We are literally forced to stop and look at the people around us.
And listen, international missions and donations, they are all great and necessary things. However, when Jesus commanded us to love our neighbor, he was commanding us to actually know and deeply love our literal neighbors too. The people right here in our community, regardless of what they are, or, um, who they are and what situation they are in. Jesus was talking about the family across the street, the barista who sometimes gets your drink wrong, your barber, the colleague on your Zoom call, the housemate who is kind of driving you crazy, the friend who didn't vote the same as you in the US election, the woman on the street corner. Are you loving your neighbor? And guys, I got to be honest, I wrote this preach for myself because I struggle with this. I love going to far off lands to serve the Lord. But man, he has been shaking me up this season and asking me, Kristen, are you loving the people I am putting in front of you? Are you loving the eddies of this world? Love God with all your hearts and love your neighbor as yourself. So last week, Zeke, um, he talked about the inner yes. And if you did not hear Zeke's preach, I implore you to do it. It was so good. But he talked about the inner yes and how that inner yes is divine authorization. It's that urge you get in your spirit to move or to pray for someone. So for me, I tend to call it the nudge. When God just randomly puts someone on my heart, and so I get that nudge and then reach out to that person. Right now, who is God putting on your heart? This message is not for the super spiritual, the super bold or courageous. It's for us, the regular people like you and me who just want to follow Jesus. We get to play a part in loving others and showing others a glimpse of God's kingdom. So what does this look like day to day? I want to give you a few ideas to help stir your spirit. So if you're taking notes, get out your notebook or um, your phone or something like this uh, while I drink some water. <laughs> number one, guys, number one is so obvious, and I'm not kidding. I need daily grace from God. But number one is to pray. We need to ask God to give us compassion for those in our neighborhood, school, household, or workplace. We need to ask him to make us compassionate in prayer. We need to ask him to move us with love and compassion, to reach out and touch the lost and hurting. But we need to start off in prayer because it is not only what Jesus taught us to do, but because it is the cornerstone of any kind of move of God. If we want to see change in ourselves and in our community, we must pray. Do you want to reach out to others but are too fearful that you might say the wrong thing? Pray. Are you nervous about starting a conversation with a stranger or even your neighbor? Pray. Are you intimidated about being rejected after sharing the gospel? Pray. Not knowing where to begin, guys, pray. Right now, the church is in the middle of our month of prayer. We are taking each weekend to pray for 48 hours straight every weekend over compassion and justice. If you don't know where to begin, sign up, take an hour slot, and get on with it. Number two, slow down. <laughs> slow down. 
Besides prayer, I feel this is one of the most vital things for our lives. Being compassionate and being in a hurry, they just don't mix. In the Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, guys, we talk about this book all the time, but it's life-changing. Please read it if you haven't. John Mark Comer frequently talks about the busy lifestyle and how it is slowly killing our walk with Jesus. He states over and over again about how Jesus, he was never in a hurry. He took his time. He often stayed in places longer than planned. And John Mark says this, Hurry and love are incompatible. All my worst moments as a father, a husband, and a pastor, even as a human being, are when I'm in a hurry. Late for an appointment, trying to cram too much into my day, I ooze anger, tension, a critical nagging. The antithesis of love. If you don't believe me, next time you're trying to get your wife and three children out of the house and you're running late, just pay attention to how you relate to them. Does it look and feel like love? Or is it far more in the vein of agitation, anger, a biting comment, a rough glare? Hurry and love are oil and water. They simply don't mix. I sometimes wonder what my life would have been like if I was too much in a hurry in York to stop and say hi and share a coffee with Eddie. Guys, we need to slow down. Number three. So one is pray. Two, slow down. Three, see the person, not the situation. A few Sundays ago, Viv did a beautiful preach and towards the end had us doing a Lecto Divina where we meditated and reflected on a passage. And so she had us focus on Mark 10, 46 through 52, when Jesus heals a blind beggar. And I'm just going to summarize it. Jesus and his disciples were in Jericho when they came across a blind man who was begging on the side of the road. When the man heard Jesus was there, he asked for Jesus to have mercy on him. Jesus stops and engages with the man, and then Jesus restores his eyesight. It's a beautiful story. Go and read it. But when we read that a few weeks ago, God showed me something I had never seen before. Jesus, who stopped because he was not in a hurry, looked beyond this man's situation and he saw the person. See, in Jericho, beggars were a common sight in most towns. Because most occupations of that day required physical labor, anyone with a disability was at a severe disadvantage and was usually forced to beg. And Guys, this just hit me. How many times do we look beyond the person and only focus on their situation? Oh, he's begging on the streets? He must be an addict. She's on benefits. She must be lazy and not trying hard enough to get a job. He's a single dad. He obviously was a terrible husband and a provider. We do this all the time. We look at someone's situation and then instantly go into judgment. Can you imagine if Jesus just saw the blind man as a beggar and not as the person of worth? The faithful man who was just stuck in a never-ending circumstance. What if we ask God to take the scales off our eyes and ask to see people the way that he sees them? Would we be more compassionate? Would we be more loving? I think we would. And number four, this is hard for me. 
We can't save everyone, so start small. Start small. No one can do it all. No one is being asked to do it all, but we can all do something. People's problems, oh my goodness, they can feel so overwhelming. But I am in the process of discovering a secret. Start small and take one step at a time. Text a friend, buy someone a slice of cake. Matthew Barnett, a pastor in California, says this. When people reflect on their life history, they often mention someone who offered one small act of love. Every major life accomplishment can be traced back to a coach, a careful mother, a wise teacher, or a person who reached out in a seemingly insignificant way. It all adds up. It all matters. The big events of the world, they get the headlines, but little acts of love and kindness rule the world. When I look at how my life has shifted and molded, it's usually the smallest act of love that has changed me from the inside out. It's Eddie, the rough sleeper who was kind to me, who loved his neighbor and the person in front of him that changed my life. So let's start small and take one step at a time. And... So here is how we are going to take that small step. We are going to do it together. Instead of just me standing up here and talking at you, I want us to put this into action right now. So um, Eric, he's so kind. He created a slide for us and it's going to come up on the screen for a few minutes while worship begins while Josh and Emily start the worship and I want us to start off by praying and then I want to you guys to pick one to two small things you can do today but more than that I want you guys to take a picture of it I want you to store it on your phone I want it to become your screensaver and then put them into action and at the bottom of the screen is going to be the church phone number. Guys, we don't care how big or how small these acts of love are, but if you branch out, if you start loving your neighbor and doing things on the list, please text us. We are desperate to hear what God is doing and how he is moving. And I'm just going to wrap up with this. Pete Gregg spoke last weekend at the 24-7 online conference, and this is what he said. There is a time to lift our hands in prayer, and then a time to bury them in the dirt and engage in the mess and the need of this world. A time to speak to God about this world, and a time to speak to the world about God. In this second lockdown, why not do both? Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. Tune in next week for another life-giving message from one of our Vineyard 61 speakers.